You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer hard questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Well, welcome or welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I'm Lydia Miller here with Pastor Jeff, my dad. We are in week two of talking about uh, Jesus. We're just laughing that our last podcast, if you had a chance to listen to it on Jesus, was a little sporadic. We were a little all over the place. We'll try to to focus in on this one for you uh, because this is such a huge subject. I mean, it's impossible to cover all of the things, but we got some questions from some high school students. We got some questions from some of you. Um, on the subject of Jesus. So we're going to try to get to those, especially specifically in our uh, discussion today. We talked about this a little bit the first time around, um, but we talked about why we believe that Jesus is God, what scripture we feel says about the fact that Jesus is a part of the Trinity. Jesus is um, equally God, equally man. So what would you say other religions have to say about Jesus? Would they say he never existed? Would they say he existed, but he wasn't God? No, um, there's incredible evidence in other religions of the existence of Christ, even in history. Hmm. Um, You know, you can take a look at a historian by the name of Thallus, actually talks about the fact that when Christ died, the the rocks of the earth split, there was darkness over the land. So even a a secular historian, Hmm. uh, Tacticus was another guy that talks about those kinds of things, just simply acknowledging that Jesus was born, that he lived a life, that he had a following, that he had... Uh, people that chased after him, that he had disciples, that he was born of Mary and Joseph. So they they get the whole thing down. Uh, Probably the greatest scholar, though, was a man by the name of Josephus. He was actually a Jewish scholar, and he writes a lot uh, about the fact that Jesus existed, that he was crucified, uh, that actually he uh, said that he was the Messiah. So there's just a lot of evidence in history uh, that Jesus existed, and people kind of go with that and understanding not only according to scripture, but according to uh, what goes on in this world as well. But if I could just give you a couple of teachings with regards to religions, let's just take Judaism, let's take Islam for a moment. Judaism would say, hey, listen, Jesus existed. Uh, They believe that he was born of Mary, though Mary was not a virgin. They believe that he had a following and that he was a teacher. They believe he did miracles. Hmm. Uh, The problem is they would say that they attributed the power that he did those miracles to, to the evil one, rather than to God. Hmm. They acknowledged that Jesus proclaimed to be the Messiah. They didn't believe him to be the Messiah, but they believed that he claimed to be the Messiah. They would teach even within their religion that he was crucified on a cross. He wasn't resurrected, Hmm. according to Judaism. Uh, But I would say this about Judaism in today's day and age. It's much more secular than it is religious. In fact, if you go to Israel to this day, I don't know if we've talked at all about (laughs) Israel. Um, But 50% of the Jews are what are known as secular Jews. They're not practicing religious Jews. They're just Jews in culture and nature and origin. And that's it. Uh, In fact, I would say I had a chance to sit with a rabbi one time and his teaching with regards to Jesus, just simply, hey, listen, there's a lot of good things we can learn about Hmm. him. But he was more concerned with enlightenment. The idea was the more he studied, the more he became like God, almost a new age type of thinking. Hmm. And it not only pressed upon him, but it pressed upon his family, his wife, his children, that the more he learned, the more he became enlightened and the better chance he had 
of being in sort of God's good graces and Jesus was one of the teachers that he followed. Hmm. Not the Messiah, not God, uh, according to Judaism. Islam, in my opinion, gives a little bit higher view of Jesus. You know, he was one of the prophets. They believe that he was born of the Virgin Mary. In fact, the Virgin Mary and Jesus, you know, they say are very close to Mohammed. Again, the only thing I'd say, though, about Islam is like many of these religions, it's not salvation comes through Jesus Christ. It's a works-based religion. So there's five pillars that need to be kept in that religion. They would certainly say Jesus was a divine teacher, that what he taught was very good, uh, that we should follow his teaching, Muhammad being the greatest of the prophets, but Jesus was one of the prophets. Um, so again, they view him in a very different way in that salvation doesn't come through him, but they certainly want to follow his teaching. So in history, in religion, we see a lot about Jesus. There's no question in my mind that he's a historical figure. Mm -hmm. Again, the question becomes, mm -hmm. was he God? Mm -hmm. and, and what he did on the cross and his resurrection, was it salvationary in mm -hmm. nature? Which then I would think hinges completely for everyone on the resurrection, on whether or not it actually happened. Because if it did, which we obviously believe that it did, then there's no way he could be anyone but God. I couldn't agree more. I, I think, and Paul talks about it, 1 Corinthians, hey, listen, if Christ is not risen from the dead, mm -hmm. then we of all men ought to be pitied because mm -hmm. we're still dead in our transgressions mm -hmm. and sins. I, I agree. I think the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the deciding factor. He can say whatever he wanted to say. I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm -hmm. I'm greater than Abraham. All of those things. But everything for me comes true mm -hmm. when he rises from the dead. That's mm -hmm. why Easter and the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. is so critical. Mm -hmm. So why do you think, I remember when you went over to Israel for the first time, he's been to Israel, if anyone didn't know that. Um, <laughs> I would invite all of you to Israel, as a matter of fact. <laughs> we go not, in November. It's not March. a commercial for that. Oh. If, when you went over the first time, coming back and talking about... Um, Christianity over there, they probably maybe refer themselves as Messianic Jews, but people, Jewish people that actually believe that Jesus is the Son of God, what is it, 1%? Yeah, it's about 1% are what we'd call completed Jews or Messianic Jews, yep. where they've come to trust Christ is the Messiah. It's a very low population, but I think if you get to know the Jewish culture and how secular it is, there's very little hmm. practicing religious Jews, Orthodox Jews, Hasidic Jews, you know, are kind of outcasts of society. They just live in a different way. They dress in a different way. They, they don't associate with people. They're extremely, but the average Jew just doesn't even go to synagogue, go to church. They just don't. So they're not religious by nature. So I think if you get there, you understand in a little yeah. bit greater way. But it's hard. It's hard for me to go to the place where Jesus walked and talked and mm -hmm. crucified and resurrected again the very place and to see so many people in that area rejecting. So why do, I mean, we travel great distances, pay a lot of money and, and feel, I know you guys have talked about when you come back, just what you feel when you stand on, I mean, really holy ground where these moments that you've read about in scripture have taken place. So why the people who lived there, whose ancestors probably walked with and knew Jesus, why are they so the opposite direction. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's baffling to me. But do you remember in Romans really 9 through 11, Paul will actually talk about it. 
that once they rejected Jesus as the Messiah, then the God of this age blinded the minds of Jews. I do think there's a day coming when yep. mass amount of Jews will come to know Christ as their Savior. And believe me, Jews are coming to know Christ. So mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. uh, as if that's not happening. But I think there's a sense in which because they were God's chosen and they rejected the Messiah, now um, scripture says the God of this age has sort of blinded their eyes, that, that, that they don't see what you and I see. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's an incredible, you know, we support the ministry that's going on in Nazareth. Nazareth, uh, the city where Jesus grew up, is about 30% Christian, hmm. uh, Palestinian Christians, not as many Jews, uh, Messianic Jews, but many of them have trusted Christ. Hmm. Many of them are, are doing evangelism in the area, but it is a tough people group to break hmm. into. Once ancestors have rejected Christ, it just seems like they've gone in the same direction. Hmm. We talked about, obviously, when Jesus was here, the Jewish people struggling, obviously, to accept them. We see that all throughout Scripture. And we see this has always, I don't know, been a conundrum for me a little bit. There are times in Scripture when it feels like Jesus so readily admits that he is the Son of God. He claims that. We see him speak that. But then we also see times where it feels like he's trying to hide it or he's yeah. purposefully not answering a question. Why? Yeah, I think there's real truth to that. I think, again, because he was God, omniscient, he knew when was a good time to reveal it and when was a good time to hold it back. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember even at points in times he'd say to the disciples, hey, listen, I, I, I teach in parables and here's why, because mm -hmm. I, I don't want to reveal myself, make myself known. Eventually, when he reveals himself that he is God, they crucify him. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. there was some teaching, there was some ministry that he wanted to do, some things that he wanted to accomplish before that happened. Mm -hmm. So. I think the, the times and points when he veiled himself was simply because he knew might lead to arrest, might lead to yep. crucifixion, and the time, mm -hmm. you know, God's appointed time had not yet come. Wasn't there another time where he kind of admitted it and it said they basically picked up their rocks to stone him and he slipped out because it became so violent as soon as he... Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. And, and remember Paul talks about in the book of Galatians, this idea that there is this perfect time when God... Uh, was ready for Jesus to go to the cross to be crucified. And so I think there was a waiting in that, a mm -hmm. teaching in that, a, an understanding in that, that sometimes he'd confront the religious leaders and say, listen, I am God. Mm -hmm. And then there were points in times he, he recognized, listen, to say that right now uh, would not be good for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So he waited, mm -hmm. always submitting to the will of the Father. Yep. I think that's such a good point of, his submission to the will of the Father, but but also his his own, I don't know, role in that. I always used to think of it as, you know, <laughs> I think my professor called it divine child abuse, where God would just say, okay, Jesus, this is what you're going to go yeah. in and do. But if we really believe that Jesus was there from creation from the beginning of time, and this was the plan all along, Jesus was a part of all of that and was there for all of that. It wasn't this decision cast down upon him. No, not at all. You're right in, in the sense that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are involved in the plan. But I do love, don't you, and I think this is where we connect it. It's probably why we so identify with Jesus. There's a real humanity to that. Mm -hmm. um, if Jesus in this, what we call from a theological perspective, hypostatic union is 100% God, he's still also 100% man. Mm -hmm. um, that idea of 200% never works out well for us. But I think it's true. 
And I think when he was here on the face of the earth, going through what he did, mm-hmm. um, seeing sorrow, losing one of his closest friends of Lazarus, and how he weeps over the tomb, and then mm-hmm. recognizing the struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane, saying, Lord, could you remove this? I, I don't want to go through with this. Mm-hmm. He sweats drops of blood. There's mm-hmm. a sense in which there's such anxiety within him as to what he has to go through. I just think there's something about that that you and I can identify with mm-hmm. because of the struggle of our own sin, of our own mortality, of our own flesh, and yet surrendering to the will of the Father. I just think mm-hmm. he's such a good example mm-hmm. of that. So to wrap it, let's make it personal because you've kind of gone there. What would you say as you think about Jesus? What would you say is your favorite thing about him or what characteristic of Jesus yeah. do you find yourself clinging to most often? There's just so many. Um, I love the humanity of Jesus. Again, I, he's fully God. Um, and, and there's something about the study of God that's fascinating for me. But the humanity of Jesus and even being able to trail him a little and recognize mm-hmm. that he's born in Bethlehem and to see what Bethlehem was like and to make your way to Nazareth and see what it was like to grow up in that culture, to see the struggles that he had. Uh, but probably the one characteristic for me that I try to emulate in my own life that's so difficult to do But do you remember in John chapter 1, it says he's full of grace and full Mm -hmm. of truth. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that all throughout his life, he kept in tension this idea that I'm a God of grace, but I'm a God of truth. He never let go of truth, and he never let go of grace. And as we walk through issues in ministry, and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just Mm modern-day issues that pummel us Mm -hmm. constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, well, how do Christians respond to this? I think you go to scripture, you pray through that. But I think I always start, especially with the elders, by saying, listen, as we walk through this issue, we're going to walk through it like mm-hmm. Jesus did. We're going to hold on to truth. We're not going to let truth grow, go. But we're also going to hold on to being incredibly gracious because we think that's how Jesus would have walked mm-hmm. through it. So that's probably my favorite mm-hmm. characteristic of Jesus. I love that. If you're someone where, as we talk about the subject of Jesus, feel like you don't fully know Jesus, who he was, how he interacted with people, what he was like, I would really encourage you to just pick up one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. We usually tell people, start in John. Um, John is a good one to start with. I love Luke personally. They're all great for uh, for their own reasons, but just start reading about him, who he was, what he did, how he interacted with people. You'll learn um, so much about uh, exactly who he was if you sit down with that. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you join us next week. We'll see you later. If you are encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, Thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.